It's Monday, May 10th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle with Tyler Gates, Russ Cantwell, and Aaron Bewley. How's it going, fellas? It's going good. I feel like uh, I feel like your workout this morning, which I'm assuming you did, kicked your butt. <laughs> I had to work like out all weekend. Over and you're, Sounds you're like broken. he worked his way out of bed a minute ago. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Worked Got my way him. out of bed about four minutes ago. <laughs> I moved a uh, a dresser up the stairs this weekend. I, mean, I had assistance. Nice. Um, Oof, that's from never a friend fun. of mine who's who's shorter than me, and it, we you know going up the stairs. The shorter your person wife? usually goes backwards, right? It was not my pregnant wife moving. <laughs> I was three hundred pound dresser. Going to judge you. <laughs> and he looks at Rough me, and he's start. he's legitimately like. I mean, I'm not a tall person. I'm a very average height person. He's like three inches shorter than I am, maybe four. Very average. And he looks at me. He goes, "So I guess the shorter person should probably." Um, you know, walk backwards up the stairs. And I was like, yeah. Yeah. He goes, well, well, which one of us is that? And I just oh. gave him this look like, bro. <laughs> he goes, all right, fine. <laughs> it was just a, a really funny awesome. moment that didn't need to happen, but I'm glad it did. But uh, that's hilarious. And we got it up the stairs. So uh, my son can, can keep his clothes in something. So I guess that's a good thing. For sure, that is that is that's a great thing because we have to good, we have to do that a lot probably. Nice, yes, yeah, likely. I did a bunch of furniture moving last weekend. I moved a piano, which is really heavy, but I don't have an upstairs anymore. Yay for me! And I moved a giant, like ten foot solid wood table out of one room into another. We did we did a bunch of moving stuff around, but well, I, that's I, right. I we talked about my that. wife was well, my y'all were yeah on the. It's funny. It seems to be on the stuff. the moving stuff around the house sort of uh period is yeah. that spring clean cleaning cleaning <laughs> spring cleaning I, we're gonna go with yes you know what i got to do this weekend and what made it awesome other than just having a glorious mother's day because my wife's hey, amazing Halo. and she's a fantastic mother no my neighbor uh has a kubota skid steer uh that was left because he's doing some renovations and we went to freaking town on our properties with that thing I turned into a real my backyard up. Yes. Turn into Man. a real rancher. <laughs> my my uh my neighbor's wife, who's also my neighbor, I drove I a skid steer this weekend and had thing. an amazing time. I dug posts out of the ground. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> right. I did. I tore up my backyard and I uh I dug dug deep and I popped out a bunch of concrete forms around um uh, old pipes from the fence that I removed recently. And it was you know, just felt so good to destroy the ground and pop that concrete out. You nice. know, for when I hear stories like this from Tyler, it reminds me of times whenever I didn't have any children and Tyler would describe our lives as primarily different because <laughs> I didn't have kids. For those of you who don't have kids out there and you have friends who uh, have, have gone with kids earlier in their life, note that the differences in your lives are probably not the kids. Yeah, yeah, we've had this conversation do, a few times. But you're not watching the kids. Speaking of kids, here comes. Kate. I would not be doing that <laughs> in any scenario. Oh, it was fun, and I think I missed a post. Uh, I, I saw it on my as I was returning the thing, and I'm pretty sure it's around today. So I got one more to dig up, and that's going to be just grand. Booyah! All right. So speaking of digging up, we probably dug up a little bit of tech news. Let's see if we can get just into a some tad. Of that. 
Just a uh, chat. This day in tech history, hmm, if we go to history.com and see it, the only thing that is somewhat tech related is the Transcontinental Railroad was completed, unifying the United States. Cool. So it's kind of like the internet before the internet was completed on May 10th. You want to guess the year? Oh, jeez. Like the mm, 86. The 20s, 30s? 1869. Holy cow, I was way off. Yeah. Yeah, I don't man, know if I guess was guessing trains were way early. <laughs> or <if you> said <laughs> 80s. It was pretty close if you just said 1880. <laughs> I I guess I like I knew I knew trains were a big deal obviously before automobiles really came to be, but I didn't I was way off on when I thought they finished the Transcontinental Railroad. I thought you said the internet. So <laughs> I was I said something about it. Trying to say bye to my daughter at the same time. And so I just I heard internet and I'm like, I don't know. Probably the yeah. same year Top Gun released was my immediate thought. Yeah. So what's really interesting to the to me about this is the fact that it was completed right after the American Civil War. Wow, like, yeah. The state That's... of our nation from 1861 to 1865 was not in a great place. And then Four years after that ended, completed the uh, Transcontinental Railroad. Pretty crazy. Yeah, crazy. I guess I was, so I was trying to think. So I, I was clearly in my head. I was just way off on when this happened, but I was kind of trying to to time it in my head from like the Manifest Destiny uh, historical period, right? Which uh, was earlier than I thought as well. It was early 1800s, I guess, by the earliest sort of estimate of when that, that was happening. But um I guess it, it does make a lot of sense that they would have connected the west side of the U.S. pretty early after that westward expansion. That's yeah. cool, though. Yeah. Gosh, that, that seems like an incredibly long time ago to have something that massive actually completed across. I, I can only imagine how difficult it was and probably continues to be to maintain that network, too. Yeah. That's just insane. Like, yeah. it sounds tough in modern times to maintain something like that. Can you imagine doing it in the late 1800s? Yeah. Yeah. Cow. I mean, it was going to have a good project manager. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Harsh winters, staggering summer heat, and the lawless, rough, and tumble conditions of newly settled Gosh. Western towns made right? conditions for the Union Pacific laborers, mainly civil, uh, yeah, civil war veterans of Irish descent. Yeah. Um, those of y'all that know anything about <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, not good. Uh, the overwhelmingly immigrant Chinese workforce of the Central Pacific also had its fair share of problems, including brutal 12-hour workdays laying tracks over the Sierra Nevada mountains. They also received lower wages than their white counterparts. On more than one occasion, whole crews would be lost to avalanches or mishaps with explosives. Oops. Uh, it's, 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 it's awful. Wild. Okay. Um, so yeah, May 10th, 1869. And then there's something called Linux. I don't know. May 9th, mm -hmm. 1996. Linux. Never heard. Linus Tarvalds. Besides Doesn't to adopt Tux. Important. The penguin as a mascot. Ah, I, I don't penguin. know what any of this is. Oh, Linux operating Tux. He's adorable. Anyway. Yeah, Tux is adorable. Joking. Joking here. Um, perhaps had he known the movie Happy Feet would be released in a little over 10 years later, he would have chosen <laughs> a warbler instead. What? I don't, I don't think so. We love yeah, Tux. I doubt it. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. That's I know I actually win. know what a warbler is, but I don't know why he would have oh, because it's a yellow bird. I don't know. Mm. Is Linux like nope? Yellow and black. Wherever, I mean, it's the same wherever you're going color. with that, the answer is nope. 
I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, we already established. I just got out of bed four minutes ago. I'm going to pass the mic to y'all. What do y'all got here today? Uh, I actually have one that I think builds off of the original this day in tech history thing. It's uh, when you talk about the time in the country, mm -hmm. uh, a difficult war. time in the country, the Civil War. The Civil War, uh, many would have described that time as a country divided. I don't know that everyone agrees with that, but that's the way I look at it. And and uh, hmm. there was a, a definition of, of a <laughs> you're like, war. wait a minute, hold on. Uh, wait. So there was a poll uh, done on the internet that was completed in the 1880s, as I as I learned. <laughs> Uh, nearly two thirds of Americans, 64% actually to be, to be exact, uh, say that social media platforms are tearing us apart. And this tearing is a, a poll, a few thousand people, I guess it looks like, um, that spans party lines. So this isn't, uh, you know, one party over the other or whatever. Well, that's, that's good. And, uh, I've made my feelings known that I think partisanship in general is, is quite dumb. But nonetheless, I, I tend to agree with the statement mostly because, and I don't know that it's necessarily social media's fault. I, I think it's a human issue. I think there's an element of social media and the, the thing that generates excitement is controversy. And they're trying to do that to generate more revenue that ties into this. But I think that there's an element of <clears throat> just people being unwilling to have an actual discussion or debate about any one topic that ties into the fact that now you take that human nature that seems to have unfolded as of late. And then you give them unlimited connectivity to one another. <laughs> and that just turns into an incredible amount of divide. So I do believe there's an element or a role social media plays in this, but I don't want to take the onus off of the human contributors to. The yeah, problem. for sure. Yeah. I, I think that, I think part of that problem though is do you really want everyone to have a megaphone? Cause everybody has a megaphone now. Right. And, and obviously, you know, humans were self-centered because it's, you know, you can't, you cannot actually imagine the world from any other worldview than your own. You can try, right? You can, you Number can one instinct is survive. Employ some empathy, right? But, but at the end of the day, your entire life experience comes very singularly through your consciousness. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, that means that everything in our world, the, you know, individual is the most important thing. And so uh, that's your, your default position. You actually have to make an attempt to step outside of your default position and think about the rest of the world and how, it, how it's impacting other people. But I think uh, a lot of people just grab the megaphone and, and yell about their position too. Mm -hmm. Word. The, uh, it's funny because this, <clears throat> you know, we, we talk about, well, would people use Facebook or Twitter or whatever if it costs a dollar a month because of the changes to iOS? 14.5. Well, I got in a, a few internet arguments um, this week. And, and when I say when I say internet arguments, it was more of like share a fact, not receive a response back other than <laughs> um, and it was it was really talking about there's this uh, there's an interesting thing about the way this whole whatever it is, privacy update or I don't know what we're calling it that, that Apple did seems to be perceived by like the rest of the world. And it seems mm. to be like, well, Apple is doing this. They're a champion of the people <clears throat> and they have uh, a brand that sort of, I don't know, builds that out. It, it sort sure. of pontificates that it's like, good for them. Like they've, they've managed that brand undeniably well. And it's just interesting to me. And I just shared just for kicks. I was like, well, I wonder if like, cause people kept saying, well, you, 
if Android doesn't do this, I'm never gonna. I'm gonna move to Apple. And people were like, "Well, do you understand their business model?" And I was like, "Well, that's an interesting argument. Do you understand Apple's?" And so I just kind of decided <laughs> to say, you know, just so we're all clear, you know, <clears throat> not saying this isn't a good update, but I want to make sure everyone's on the same page. Apple has a over two billion dollar advertising business today that is projected to be at 11 billion by 2025 and in the same update same time frame that they released this whole idea of privacy they also released more ad slots in the app store and more developer tools to leverage them mm. and by the mm. way their apple ad search has used something called cohort tracking for three years now which is exactly like google's flock that everyone hates that everyone so hates that's they right they may or may not have empowered themselves with a move <laughs> to limit their competitors access to data which but is they're the champion of the people and people yeah, were like I love it that's not true it. and then like the other person would come back and edit and be like oh man i found this article it, that, that, that's yeah. actually a real thing turns out it's I can't totally true they actually they actually use our data for ads it's like really you so <laughs> and it's just it's just an amazing thing to me because the same reasons really? why google and this whole flock thing like getting rid of cookies which i made because i made the argument i was like google might institute this type of update yeah, because they already want to get rid of cookie tracking in Chrome because right. if you use Flux, it makes Google more powerful because right. the platform holder then is the person with all the data and no longer the independent entities that are sharing data across the cookies and cross sites. So I, I don't know. I just, to me, it's, it's like, like now it's going to be Apple versus Google yeah. in advertising when you start managing it from the platform level. So I, I don't know. People people are like, yeah, Apple, do it. And so it's just, I don't know. This whole thing to me is like social media and who's doing what and who's evil. I think there's just this weird perception of branding that certain things are evil and certain things are not without I don't even think it's that. the covers of the reasons. I think, I think that's intentional. I think they advertise out to make that intentional. I think that there are lots of clicks that are garnered by having salacious headlines that make you think one is good, one is bad, and it all depends on your perspective. But it's very, very intentional. Like Apple loves that golden child you know, look, and Google would too, but it, it got slotted the other way. And we like to make these binary, like this one's good, that one's bad. Nobody's looking at the details. When did Facebook, though, it just because I don't want to bury the lead here. This is about Facebook. When did Facebook become the enemy? Is it when is it when our parents got on oh. Facebook? Yes. No. Like, yeah. I, I, like, well, it was yes. when they moved people it. loved it at one point. It time. was when they moved no. it from just being on the collegiate campus to including, yeah, your moms and high school students and all that kind of stuff. I think it's bigger than that. It's it's when they realized well, that was a how joke, to so probably, how, probably more than bad. that. Yeah. that, that, that <laughs> but your timing's not all wrong. Um, no, the, I, I, the, I think the answer is when, when they figured out how to make it profitable, right? So Facebook was this novel way of connecting with people from your past and keeping in touch with family and friends. And then it became an advertising platform and so much more. And then it just got embroiled over and over again in some funky ways to make money off of people. And, yeah. and so it basically just comes down to that advertising is bad. We shouldn't we shouldn't allow advertising in the world. And if targeted advertising, you are you are an issue. Like for instance, People. once Tesla allows their first ad on 
the screen or whatever it is. Oh. And that first ad's going to be Facebook, by the way. <laughs> this yeah. next right turn sponsored by Coca Cola. <laughs> and then they're going to veer off the road and die, and we'll we'll no longer we'll have uh, ads in cars because of distracted driving. And it'll be great. So what's going to be amazing to me is is you're going to get some targeted ad on like a Tesla app or something that's going to be based on the places you visited in your oh, yeah. car, and yeah. then people are going to be surprised. Wait a minute, Tesla has this data on me. It's yeah, like, shocked dude, Pikachu come face. On, come on, come on. <laughs> Okay, a couple of things on this. First oh, of all, I want to welcome y'all. Both of you are Android users. I want to welcome you to 2020 because Clubhouse launched in beta on Android in the U.S. after more I've than a it. year of iOS exclusivity. And, oh, and we'll why? Did, did you only. see why? Why is no, it on Android now? I didn't. Oh, because downloads plummeted to like near zero levels. Yeah, I was because Apple's say. a terrible platform <laughs> no. to get gajillions of users. No, no, no. Because no. Android it has is nothing everywhere. to do with Apple. It has nothing to do with Apple. <laughs> It, it has everything to do with the fact that the wave, the excitement of Clubhouse is dead. Yeah. I saw and, several and tweets we, last week I, that were like, I can't is Clubhouse believe, still a thing? I, in this, still that, over there? that seems like a huge mistake to me. Like that somebody somebody thought that making it exclusive to iOS or or that timing was appropriate. Like why why you would limit how far the initial excitement could go from a platform yeah. perspective is beyond me. I don't think I, they I took tried. it as a load. I, test problem yeah i, th- uh, yeah. I thought that's I, it, it, that was my initial thought because sure. they even struggled with the load well, on ios but it was but it's invite only anyway so why why yeah. restrict it i mean i get it from it a wasn't really that was a joke though the invite only thing is a joke because oh, as soon as you you i mean you can get an invite and then as soon as you get invited you have three and then like every two days you get two more invites and it just mm. it spreads like wildfire. It's it's not a i mean the only yeah. reason that so, they again, have the invite only aspect is pretty much to limit bots i mean that's yeah. kind of it that's kind of my cool. opinion but it was still a huge mistake to limit that to just ios like you 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 took the one time that you get to have the initial excitement of a platform and yeah. you dramatically limited the number of users that could do they have a monetization model no yet? no see that and that's that's the thing is like you say to yourself like they could because this stuff's probably hosted in AWS or Azure, Google, or mm-hmm. all of them, or whatever okay. it might be, Alibaba. Serious and, cost. And yeah, so I'm assuming that there might be some association of cost of like, we could release it to 20% of the world, or we could release it to 80% of the world. And we're yeah, not but quite sure a- how we're going to scale our system or how we're going to pay for it yet. So let's maybe just try this one first. I don't know. It's just, but that was the, where my The mistake wasn't was. limping into the true. user base. The mistake was limping into one type of user base because you're, you're artificially oh, limiting have- what Sorry. could be exciting about spreading it by just targeting a single platform. Same would be true if they just targeted Android, even though there's more sure. people in it. You're... you're you know what? What if the answer is Android users were more likely to continue keeping that excitement, right? And which is almost they won't know now. True. Yeah. Well, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> no, that's a, that's you, a strong point. Right. They won't know but, now because it, the whole. I mean, maybe they get another wave, but I mean, it's not that popular anymore. I just realized I don't even have it on my phone, and I, I do and, think, uh, and I can't even remember the last time I was on it. I do think that there is an element of the the per user sort of revenue generated is dramatically higher on iOS than it is on, on Android. For and Apple maybe that's why they so did I, it. I have a feeling. But it wasn't monetized. Not monetized. Oh, still... I, I still think there's an engagement element to Could iOS be. that they probably assumed would be higher. I, I don't know. I'm, you know, yeah. I'm I, not I have trying to... to defend any moves. I just, I'm trying yeah. to think through it logically. I have to, yeah. I have to think that the developers that they had access to knew iOS better and that was it. And then they just didn't have the strength 
within the company sure. to open it up to both because I just re-downloaded the app and it says, there's a little welcome message. It says, welcome. We're working hard to get Clubhouse ready for everyone while we wrap up the finishing touches, blah, blah, blah. So there's still basically this whole experience is in beta mode. And as you just asked, yeah. they're not monetized or anything. I think this has just been one of the slowest rollouts ever. Yeah, which is a pity. Well, which and and that was something else it. I read about too, because it, co competition's already out there, right? Um, oh yeah, Facebook Twitter's already, and, yep. Uh, like what Facebook, what's it, hot sign, hot something. They're quickly becoming a feature instead hotline, of hotline. I think. Yes, that's right. Quickly, just becoming right. a feature. Hotline? And in it will in and I guess Drake. The, what are we talking about? Yeah. No, no, no. This I, I thought I saw that in one of the articles about about this. Um, they specifically said Facebook's hotline, and then yeah, it is. It's Facebook is testing a web-based app of its own called Hotline. Well, don't we just uh, hate that app already? Or right, because it's Facebook. Yeah. That's okay. why we haven't just heard about sure it. Sure, we're clear. And and uh, what is Apple apparently doing something on its own too? Um, no, uh, that was I misread that. That had something to do with that. Anyways, yeah, Twitter's got spaces, but uh, all all of that is it's just it, too slow, not enough, and didn't scale quickly enough. It uh, it it's funny. I, I well, funny is the wrong word, but it'll be interesting to look back and see what what they think they could have done differently, and if and if it scales any different at all. You used to call me on my. You used to. You used to. Sorry, get it. <laughs> <laughs> Did I yeah, totally just end that? Y'all stop. Yep, okay. No. <laughs> uh, well, I. I will say that there, so I have things related to social media that mm -hmm. are are interesting here. Um, one of which is Facebook, or I guess by proxy, um, WhatsApp was sort of in the news again over the weekend. I don't even have an article up for it. I just since we're talking about this, it came up. The, remember the whole privacy policy thing that set, set the world on fire with WhatsApp last year. At some point in time, mm -hmm. we talked about it. Uh, apparently in a move to try and win over public opinion, they have decided to start limiting features for people who have not accepted the, the privacy policy. Do I sense a slash S at the end of that? <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look. Uh, I'm not going to lie. People are responding oh quite poorly. Um, to this whole thing now a lot of people are also saying everyone needs to go to telegram they're more secure they're not by the way uh i think we <laughs> talked about that as well so just right. an fyi for anyone who's like you know what right. this is the last straw don't go to telegram if security signal is your friend you probably go to signal uh but it was pretty funny so that was that was interesting i like the background music by the way we can just no you do that, keep that rolling just and have a real have, uh, we've got the Facebook bot farm was found uh, that was Ooh, sort of yeah. dealing with the 2020 election. And uh, there's, I don't know, a number of different bots. It looks like a massive 13,000 plus bot network that uh, had over 50,000 posts per week. And apparently the really? top two search criteria for these bots was Trump and Biden. So uh, huh. yeah, they were shocker. Yeah, they. I'm not going to say they were intelligent, but they were explicit in what they were trying to do, like joining very explicit Facebook mm -hmm. groups that were about the election or about political parties and ensuring that these posts got seen by more legitimate users. And they even had friend networks uh, <laughs> and pictures and, and, and stuff like that to make them look more real. The friend networks were other bots, obviously. So it's just uh, interesting how elaborate it is. So once again... Uh, another thing that just makes Facebook look like a champion of the people. 
I just uh, sorry, I got to pull it back the, the other way here. I just saw your uh, your show notes here. Twitter's Clubhouse is now available on the platform that matters. Android. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh at that. That's that's hey. when I I knew that Tyler doesn't do what I do with articles. Yeah. Is copy and paste the title? I said to myself, I was like, I even clicked on. It, I was like, there's no way that's the title of the article, and I so I clicked on it just to see, and it wasn't it at all. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that yeah. was the custom headline um, from yep. Tyler in our show notes. Well, I gotta so, ask. I y'all, read it and I and I drop it. So, what's y'all's take on the uh, the Twitter uh, tip jar thing? I wanted to hear your take on that because you got really excited and actually, you know, tweeted about it. Uh, I didn't get really excited. I just tweeted about it. Bro, don't lie to me. Was you get really excited, excited about everything. <laughs> that well, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> if I'm just like always excited, then I don't know how you can say that I got even more excited. No, I, I, I uh, compare I you to people you, that aren't. It's fine, like it cheetahs way. are fast when I'll say this sloths. I get really excited about new features because I'm excited to see how things play out, and I'm excited to investigate whether or not they made great decisions. And I'm excited to see how people respond to it and how it changes the platform um, and see, all that kind of stuff. You're right? excited. Oh. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I don't think it means much for me, uh, but I, one of the comments that I saw that I think really matters um, is the potential for it to help nonprofits. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to remember who that was so I can give them the credit. Uh, it was Christina Garnett. Uh, at the Christina G, she pointed that out. She's like, I don't understand why, because there was no heads up, right? We just got on Twitter, and then all of a sudden, bam, tip you jar. have a tip jar now, right? That's cool. And I was like, oh, this is cool. Let me check out the features. I wonder how they're doing this. Is it blah, 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 blah. And then so I just learned about it real quick. Um, and then she made the comment. She's like, I don't know why a bunch of us uh, individual people received this when we didn't ask for it. We don't need it. Um, when you have... It's- hundreds or thousands of nonprofits out there that could absolutely benefit from this, removing the friction of being able to support them. It it reminds me of Reddit gold. Um, I have a feeling that the majority of people who are going to receive this are (laughs) people who say something that just is, uh, it's probably not going to be to support a cause. It's going to be able to support a comment that someone likes. Sure. Yes. You know, I think that that's more likely what's going to happen. They released it a week after my most viral tweet ever. So, I mean, I could have made like $10 off of that tweet. You could have made $10 off that. $10. 10 whole dollars. Uh, No, I don't actually expect it to. um, I don't know. It didn't change anything for me. But yeah, that that was my thought on it. Does out of curiosity, and I think I know the answer Mm -hmm. to this, but because I haven't looked into tip jar, uh, does Twitter take anything from the transactions? No. I I assumed that they They did. But if they did, it was going to be 30%. Yeah, well, yeah, there were some interesting things that came out of it. <laughs> Could it be any other way? <laughs> right, it has to be 30%. No, it can't. Um, there's some interesting things that came out of it. They um, So basically what happens is when you click the little thing, if you want to tip somebody on Twitter, uh, it just allows you to pick one of the ways that they have selected to receive money. And then it sends you, it kicks you out to that app. It just says, you're now leaving Twitter. You're going to go over there. Uh, uh, one of the concerns was if you go and tip someone, the payment processing, I think it's maybe it was for PayPal or Venmo. I think it's PayPal. Um, it will show it will show the person that you're tipping your home address because your address, well, wherever your PO box or home address or whatever, it says, "Hey, this tip was from so and so at this address," right? Which became a privacy concern, and then but, no, that's not concerning at all. Why? <laughs> right. So 
Anyway, there's some there's some little nuances of that. Apple and Facebook. No one yeah. else. Little, little. And so that's what that's what gets <laughs> exactly. me. So that's what gets me in this excited state, right? If they if they suddenly just kind of punch you with a brand new feature, I want to investigate all the different little aspects of it and try to figure out why you know who is this really going to be for? Why is this happening? What things are broken about this? How can we improve it, et cetera? But yeah, I think that the, I, I, the general rule of thumb that I have with any form of new feature or weird software quirk that comes out is that to assume that the less sense that it makes at face value, the more valuable it will be. Because that seems to be the trend that we run into. Ah, like even, yes. even the whole idea of... That's the theme of this year. Yeah, I, I've been <laughs> talking... I, I don't know. I think it was... Buley, I think I was even responding to you on Twitter or something. And I don't even remember the topic, but you were like... You or someone else said something was ridiculous. And my response was, just wait until see how many people use it. I think it was like yeah. the $4 cheaper HBO yes. with commercials. Oh, my correct. gosh. Yeah, like, I don't get it. People are going to use that in droves. Yeah, they are. And I guarantee they... you they didn't just like decide one day, $4 cheaper, no ads. Like, let's try it and see what happens. No, they Bro, put a lot of work into that. So if I was at my friend's house and I it. didn't even know that HBO uh, was doing this, and we're sitting there watching something, and all of a sudden there's ads. I was like, "Oh, HBO has a free edition now." He's like, "No, no, no, no! I, I pay for that. It's like, you pay for HBO and ads." Okay, got it. I'm out. See ya. Bye. <laughs> yeah, bye. We're not friends anymore. <laughs> bye. <Bye-bye. laughs> <laughs> it's gonna happen. You're gonna be at someone's house. Uh, okay. I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm, I would be. I don't even know how to say this because I wasn't excited. But if I was gonna get excited about Twitter's crypto tipping platform, um, it. It would have been because it wasn't crypto, is... by the way. I joked about it. Oh. I joked saying was that it? I was now accepting oh, crypto. Oh, I well, sorry. I saw anymore. your announcement. I don't even. Yeah, I'm I'm over it. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. Why are we talking about it? <laughs> yeah, it's not crypto. It's just like PayPal oh, or board, Venmo board, or Cash board, App. Board, 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 Now I think board, some board, of those. Board. I think platform. Uh, platform. I think PayPal is getting into. They are being able to buy, maybe and share and send crypto. Oh yeah. yes. Yes, it was just a joke. <laughs> not only I was going to see how far I didn't we realize that was your joke. Said Doge. So, no, no, it's happening. We're news. talking about Doge because yeah. it's going to the moon. Um, the uh, no, I guess. Well, I'm bummed to hear that because uh, I yeah. didn't look into it because it didn't excite me at all, really uh, clearly because I knew nothing other than what I saw you tweet about it. And well, I, do you I all have a little excited because I thought you said it was uh, Twitter tipping uh, with with crypto, which is interesting, yeah. but. It wasn't that interesting even then because other platforms already do this. There are yeah. crypto uh, tip bots all over Reddit, as an example, because sure. it's easy for users to create that kind of stuff and create a tip bot, you know, through an account that that is allowed to function on that instead of, you know, uh, bot farms that are trying to like ruin the way you think about something on on Reddit. There's plenty of those too, by the way, but you can also create bots that are useful or funny or goofy, like the haiku bot or like I said, crypto tip bots. So uh, that I thought that was kind of cool because it just leans into more broad adoption. And I'm hopeful that as something like crypto comes to a platform like Twitter in that fashion, assuming it ever happens, you'll start to see which cryptocurrencies are actually being adopted for transactional payments. Yeah. Because right now, nobody's going to tip you 25 cents for a $35 fee on Bitcoin's network. Right, yeah. And, and Ethereum isn't, wildly better either there are alternatives that are much much lower but small tips and crypto don't make any sense on most blockchains do you remember so, when i bought me i want to see you that and paid paid you in ethereum back in like february <laughs> when ethereum yeah, was like 1300 bucks 
Yeah. <laughs> it's over four grand now. So much more valuable. I knew that was a good decision. <laughs> I knew it was too, but I but did. But how much of your money is parked in Ethereum because Russ and I pressured you into it? Correct. Correct. <laughs> We're going to stop right there. Significant. The yeah. Yeah. It works, man. It works. Not, I, not I'm, in I'm working, something that's dying. <laughs> I'm working on a thing that, yeah, it's going to be, I don't know. It's going to be fun. Well, I don't want to talk cool. about it right now, though. Okay. No, no, we got to no, talk about Do- Dogecoin. So I, I had a thought plummeted. here, right? Like, yeah, go ahead. Well, obviously, so so the, the saga of Doge is hilarious. If you go all the way back to the beginning when it was literally a joke. And then like John and I talked on Friday, one of the co-founders... <laughs> it's still is, a joke. Is, I'm not done. <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> no, but, but like a co-founder realized it was a complete joke, sold his entire stake in Doge, which was substantial, and bought a used Civic, basically. And now that <laughs> Civic would be worth... Like a trip to the freaking moon. But but here, like That's the funniest awesome. thing that I got out of the news that happened this weekend is, of course, that SpaceX announced that it is going to accept payment for commercial payloads to ship stuff to the moon. And those those payments will be accepted in Dogecoin, which, again, is absolutely hilarious because <laughs> Musk on SNL said it was a hustle. But yeah. I, I had this epiphany when he made this announcement because I'm pretty sure, and I'd have to go back and actually find the tweet, but at some point, Elon said, Doge to the moon. And of course, that kicked off another major run on, on crypto. And yeah. I would think you know that could get somebody in trouble, except Doge is going to the moon because yeah. he's sending it to the moon he was oh literally <laughs> literally yeah. Yeah, on, yeah. It's, on, it's actually on april 1st which is an ironic day to say it oh spacex is going to put a literal dogecoin on the on the yes was yes tweet. yes and so so and it so says mission paid for yeah. in doge first crypto in space first meme in space and and i'm like elon musk is a complete goofball he is and i he's love it yeah he's a goofball he's i think he's <laughs> he's almost you could almost call him a troll he's like almost i try to be nice fine fine no, call him a troll no he is he's absolutely he's a troll he's that just screwing yeah. with everything okay. come on the show troll us oh my <laughs> god happy to accept the trolling but what a yeah. what a beautiful way to get around like basically market manipulation which i'm putting in big old air quotes because I don't even think people are paying that much attention to the pump and dump that happens in crypto right now. Not not from a serious legal perspective, right? But Musk, because of who he is and because of how prominent he is you know, publicly, when he says something like that, the SEC might just decide to get involved with crypto pump and dump, except he said it's going to the moon and then he's sending it to the moon. So what do you... Well, I told you it's going to the moon and now it's yep. literally going to the moon. What do you want? <laughs> Love it. Did uh did y'all watch the opening, opening I did monologue? Not. You didn't watch any of it. Okay, I watched no. the whole thing. I never watched NS, uh, NSL SNL, but uh, I did watch it just so I could I don't know feel relevant or whatever. Um, but there was a there was a really funny part in there about OJ Simpson. That you should go back and watch. Uh, if you want, I can pull it up and play it right now. But uh, maybe you should just go watch it later. It was I'll hilarious. It and then he was explaining on uh, Weekend Update um, what Bitcoin. Well, no, what cryptocurrency or what dogecoin is i don't know they were asking him one of those kinds of things and he was explaining it. And they're like okay 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 so but what is dogecoin right and then you explain more about it and then they'd say that again and he would explain more and they'd say that again and then they and then i, th- I think it was uh, michael che who basically just said so it's a hustle and he's like yeah yeah it's a hustle that, that's how that came out <laughs> the hustle thing and then the very next day oh he tweets gosh. out that the spacex launching satellite doge one to the moon next year so funny <laughs> 
so funny. It's weird, man. It is weird. Very, very strange. What a time to be alive. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, and then obviously too, uh, with all the, uh, with the, buy the hype, sell the news kind of, uh, uh, process or, uh, what am I trying to say? Oh man. Okay. I think in his opening opening monologue is when it dropped like 40%, 45%. Yeah, well when he said the next day, but yeah. Yeah. Doge is fascinating. I don't I don't want to dig into it. We've we've hammered it a lot. John and I okay. certainly talked about it a good bit on Friday, but uh, it, it, I feel like Doge is the poster child of why crypto is so young and so messed up right now. Yes. Because it has no business even being in the news cycle or yeah, because that could never happen to mature markets like the (laughs) stock market and GameStop. (laughs) Definitely definitely everything. makes. That's what's crazy. But GameStop has completely different levels, levers that actually do add up, right? Like there there are market forces. You mean like a guy posting on a social media platform? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) But, But also this is what happens when, when big money fights big money and there are shorts and there's money to be made in a, in a slightly less than zero sum sort of scenario, right? Like, GME I, I is obnoxious, up, but it's not Tyler. nonsense. That's not my goal here. I just yeah. All right. What else we got? What else do we want to move towards here? Uh, the champs are being honored in Call of Duty League's uh, Verdansk <laughs> Warzone BR thing. Y'all know what that is? We what about? are all those words you said? And some of those words I feel like I said. Oh, yeah, that's know. right. You wouldn't know anything about the champs. <laughs> Get wrecked. The uh, so in Warzone, an incredibly popular battle royale game uh, mm-hmm. that is based off of Call of Duty. Uh, Call of Duty has a professional league we've talked about, the Dallas Empire 2020 CDL champs. Uh, they are having banners that are being put up on the stadium inside of the battle royale map and a statue outside of the stadium put up there. With that's Dallas actually kind of cool. 2020 champs. They revealed it yesterday during the CDL, uh, you know, where your empire won three, one over the Minnesota Rockers. Cool. No big deal. And, uh, yeah, so that's, uh, that's pretty awesome to see them do it. Mo- mostly. I mean, it's cool to see in general, but it's also like, there's like a hundred million people that are playing this battle royale game. So maybe a few of them will come over and join us, uh, where gaming should be, which so, is taken serious. So let me ask you then, sure. Do you think it means more to the team that it exists in that virtual world than any sort of statue that could exist in the physical world? Oh, because of where it's at in the game. Does well, it have an probably NFT? so three of these or t- sorry, three, two, two of these players, uh, you know, they have, I mean, they have hardware from the last 10 years. I mean, two of them have, three world championship titles or one of them actually has four mm-hmm. um which is he's the most all time he's won 40 something championship tournaments uh so he's like a lot of them have a lot of hardware and stuff and i mean they they put some stuff behind it it's not a statue but they have physical world things to represent their winnings this is a first digital representation of their winnings um and in 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 an era where the the game is more popular than it has ever been so yeah I don't That's know. I have do you think feeling, it means more to do it that way? I think right now it probably means more. I think if you were to cool. put a statue outside of American Airlines Center, which is where their office is, then yeah. maybe long term that would have more value. I don't know. But like right That's now, cool. I, I think know this that. actually probably has more value. So they're office in like the main arena in downtown <laughs> Dallas. 
there so there's those attached offices to it like when you mm-hmm. walk into yeah. victory park they are in victory park in like that's a awesome 20 000 square foot office because when you're a champion you office out of victory park i got it i got it i got it I get it uh, do we need to do we need to talk about the uh that east coast pipeline the colonial pipeline that got yes um, that's that's crazy stop using yeah. free antivirus I'm not saying that's actually what they did. Is that what it was? (laughs) No, I I I think it was a more sophisticated issue than that. But yeah, so the colonial pipeline, which they were. Yeah, the colonial pipeline, which carries 45% of the fuel consumed on the East Coast, which is where, you know, at least a couple dozen people live in the US. Uh, if you look at a population density map, it's pretty there's easily a few thousand, Aaron. (laughs) It says says it halted operations due to a ransomware attack. Uh there's a dark side group. Yeah, they stole a a few hundred gigs worth of data and then encrypted it and then are holding it ransom. And yeah, I, so, I missed the part. Why, why did they have to shut down the, the operation? Well, because so much of the pipeline operations are made available remotely now um, that they were concerned that a breach in the corporate network for the operator could lead to pipeline operations actually being uh, disrupted. So it, it was, I think it was more of a prophylactic concern. They shut it down before somebody you know, created an incident with pipeline operations as opposed to just the corporate entity that operates the pipelines, right? Which was part of the the problem here was it, this was like the first attack that it ever um, focused on the control systems, right? Um, which is one, a big problem. And then Super two, concerning. they part of it was once you've identified you have a problem, but you haven't identified the fix, the immediate yep. thing you do is you take it offline. Which yeah, is- and it also looks like the, the hackers actually shut down um, systems as well. They locked computers as well. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like so, literally so hit in, control systems. In yeah. an attempt to make sure that nothing happened to the pipeline, like physical damage or, or any number of alternatives, right? Uh, they, yeah. they cut it off. Um, that's, that's really scary, right? Because we've talked about this for a long time. We've talked about what happens if you know, a nuclear power plant um, is breached or if the hoover dam is breached and you think about what those control systems are capable of doing many of which are probably capable of remote operation especially on the heels of pandemic and a lot of people not being able to to work in place now i would guess that there are still critical systems that require humans you know in front of those things and and arguably this is a pretty good reason to keep it that way but if if you could just open the hoover dam on a whim that would be devastating to yeah. a, a large area and the same thing's true of pipelines and they used um, a specific example in this they actually said that 40 percent of the power that powers the electrical grid comes from natural gas which is controlled through this pipeline yeah or this type wow. of pipeline yeah that's huge that's so they, so they, they could being literally is disruptive right it, well but yeah. but that's not the worst case shutting it down is arguably a lot better than alternatives i mean you can imagine that if you have full control of of systems in a pipeline or something like that you can full open one and full close another and you can cause serious damage which would be a prolonged outage but also potentially death destruction there's there are a lot of downsides to losing control of those keys right yeah which goes into the idea that whenever you're talking about this type of stuff not only do you go through the effort to do everything you absolutely can to secure it and it's not a foolproof thing you'll never secure everything perfectly it's just it's a cat and mouse game but there is no amount of money 
that, sh- that should avoid being spent to ensure these types of things are secured as much as humanly possible. Right. And, yeah, they, and- they should be the the like de facto standard of what good looks like uh, for security. And I can pretty much guarantee they're not. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable saying that out loud. <laughs> because I, I just, I know how these decisions are made. So it, it bothers me every time I see things like this. Like I know someone somewhere said, Hey, we should do this thing. It costs this much. And they're like, ah, you know, maybe next year. Uh, and and so not they, that it would have prevented this, but that's my, that's my issue with the whole process. For those listening at home that maybe don't know the colonial pipeline, it stretches from Houston to New Jersey. They are the largest refined products pipeline in the United States. They transport more than 100 million gallons uh, or 2.5 million barrels per day. Specifically, they transport various grades of gasoline, diesel fuel, home heating, oil, jet fuel, and fuels for the U.S. military through the pipeline system. Mm. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. It's a big one. No, this it. So many days that we do this podcast and we look at the news, we just glaze over some of ridiculous security breach, but getting complacent with this kind of stuff uh you you can't we can't you just yeah okay so you're gonna make an assumption that your phone's not up to date and that you're just okay with whatever gets breaches there i I would argue that's a terrible position to take but i know a lot of people are just getting numb to breach news and it's usually personal information but it all funnels to stuff that's far more catastrophic right like think about these sorts of situations, most of the time, what, what ends up being the in is uh, social engineering, right? So it's knowing enough about someone to put a phishing email in front of them that passes a sniff test and results in you know credentials being leaked out, as an example, right? And I, I'm not sure if that's exactly what happened here, but oftentimes, ransomware attacks start in, in that sort of scenario. Yeah. And every one of these Facebook, Instagram, Apple, Google, you know, your bank, your hospital breaches, the personal information that gets out can and will be used to make something more nefarious happen, right? So it's, uh, I would uh, take take it a a little bit further and just say the PSA is everyone should be taking this stuff seriously all the time. And obviously we can't personally make the investment to, to take that to the nines and we shouldn't necessarily be the the, the the champions of the security industry, you know, to the extent that we're setting a standard, but take it take it seriously. Do what you can. Keep your stuff up to date. Always do the security patches. I, I don't know. It just goes to the the tail is long. So and going you can to imagine, security. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Aaron. Sorry, lots of issues here for sure. But can you imagine? Uh, next one is like water treatment plants for a major metro area. Sure. Right now, suddenly, like New York City can't treat water for like three weeks. Or water gets overtreated, which is maybe even worse because you overtreat water and you could end up with something poisonous and then you have to get it out of the system as well as, you know, yeah, it, it, for sure. it's again, it's, there's a lot of bad that can happen when these systems get breached. Yeah. Everyone yeah. go watch live free or die hard. We've already been through this scenario in the film. All right. <laughs> Take <laughs> it's, over. It's a documentary. Everyone. It is a documentary. <laughs> I don't know why people are always so like, it's not real. Like, how do you think they got on camera? <laughs> they, <laughs> no, like, it's just ridiculous. Uh, but I will say there is an extreme shortage of security professionals 
in the industry in general. So for the kids that are listening or the parents are like, what should yeah. my kids do? You want to go into security. That's... It's going to be very healthy for a very long time. Very long time. That's, that's what we need. Totally agree with that. Well, here, here's a, security. here's a fun one where uh, a security fail, I think is actually going to be interesting. It's also horrifying. So uh, it, it cuts both ways, but apparently Apple air tags are quote, frighteningly easy to stock. Um, you have to drill so, a hole in them? No, hmm. I do not think you do. Uh, didn't didn't see that part anyways um so uh i don't know if it's a security researcher or just a home hacker that that ended up doing it but basically um they showed that it was easy to to identify those nfts uh they're sorry yeah those near field tracking devices and uh not an nft sorry that's why it said nft was near field tracking but um to pick up and actually track the id and be able to know where that was outside of like the find my my stuff in apple um, but uh, what what got me excited about this because I thought it was actually neat is that one of the things they were able to do when they compromised the device and so basically jailbreak these uh, these tags was that they can make it so that they uh, actually direct to a different website than the find my find my device right so that opens up a lot of cool possibilities for tags but I, I only got excited because I forgot for a minute that it's an Apple device um, when something like this happens to like an Amazon device you get wide open functionality from that kind of a jailbreak and inexpensive devices. Apple's going to be like a $50 tag that you can open your garage with. And that's way less cool. Is this something that you could do maybe with the, what's the other one we talked about? Isn't there kind of a tile originator in the space? Yeah. Tile. Yeah, Is that, tile. Have people hacked? Tile I don't know. That's way? a good question. I don't know if tile has been opened up. Um, I know. Do but, you guys remember the, uh, what did they call them? They were Amazon devices. I think they still sell dash buttons. And yes. uh, so, so yeah, I, those I, I got some it. dash buttons. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, because it was, it was a cool way because the, the battery lasts a decent amount of time. It ended up being kind of annoying to keep them up to date battery wise. Uh, so I sort of dropped using it. But you, there were a couple ways that you could work around the dash button doing what it was designed to do, which was go buy something on Amazon, which I get right it was a novel idea it was a good way to get trash bags just put it in there hit a button um <laughs> but but just like buying things through alexa it bothers me not knowing what the actual cost is right now and the way amazon rolls products so quickly like you might pay five dollars more for the same product five weeks later and that's just super annoying but it's how they built their platform so dash buttons ended up not being awesome for me but the workaround let let you do some internal automations by basically one of them was to watch the Mac ID. And when it made any sort of uh, attempt at contact, you could scrape that and then force an automation chain. But I've always enjoyed that, like finding these really inexpensive, right? Because that's basically, I mean, Amazon was providing them free. It was a $5 button, Wi-Fi enabled, a $5 Wi-Fi enabled button that came with a $5 product discount. So you want to pack a gum, you could get a $5 button that was effectively free, and then you could modify it and you could have it do cool stuff in your house. So um, that's what I get excited about when, when that stuff like that happens. If you get a <laughs> passive device like, like these uh, AirTags, right? Because they don't have batteries. They're just the, the uh, like a tag. Is that correct? I, I haven't looked into them closely enough. But uh, I know no. some are passive, some are active when it comes to tags like this. Anyways, if they're passive, it means you don't have to charge them. And if you've always got your phone on you, you could easily take a device like this, modify it so that when you tap your phone to it, it unlocks your door. Um, I'm not saying that's the most secure thing in the world to do, but it's not difficult to imagine how you could use it. So it's, it's fun if 
like I was saying, you get to couple an inexpensive device with the open functionality of something like that. Um, so I think it's cool that, that somebody cracked it open, but yeah, the, well, the, you know, the, the real concern from that is the being able to go to a different website thing. Right. I mean, that's huge. The, the user interacting piece. I mean, there was a, another article I had here that was from a, I don't know, some old hack that I was unaware of, but their hack is a, is a, is a horrible word. There was basically a, an, an app that got past, uh, either Google or Apple's, um, thing. I can't find the article. I think it was Apple's. There was like 128 million people who downloaded certain apps. It's like a lot of people in China specifically had downloaded some specific one. But it's like, we've talked about this before. The The biggest security threat on a phone or a device is like the end user and the apps that they're using and downloading. And that, that app store is the biggest thing. Like on Android, people talk about the security all the time. I've said it before, SE Linux, good luck. You know, Security researchers are going to charge you double to get into it. But like that app store, man, like they're way more laissez-faire with what they allow to go through there. And so it, it goes to show that I think for this particular case, it was Apple. It can happen there too. So just watch where you put your trust into and what you're clicking yeah. on because there's almost no scenario where you can make, once again, everything secure. I'm certain Apple goes through a significant amount of measures to keep their secure. In fact, we know they do. People sue them over. Sure. So it's like that. that is an interesting thing that if... If that is, I don't know how you would hack it, but I, I know that you know people have the ability to walk by you and steal your credit card number out of your pocket. So I'm sure someone can come sure. up with a way to walk by you and hack your AirTag in a yeah. way that you could then get sent to another website somewhere or whatever it might be, and then have you clicking on things that you shouldn't do. So yeah, uh, and I haven't read all the details think. yet about how they did the jailbreaking. If it's if it's something that they can do remotely, then obviously that's super concerning. If it's something that requires physically modifying the device, it's less concerning, but still right. a problem, right? If you put it on your luggage, somebody has access to it. Um, these are active devices, by the way. So is Tile. They're actually it's a Bluetooth standard, and uh, they do have a battery, but the battery lasts a long time. So it's uh, I guess that's interesting. And yes, Tile does have. Uh, at least a few blogs that I'm finding that talk about how you can modify them. One actually looks really cool. They uh, they took it apart when the battery died and then they wired a 12 volt power source to it and did some interesting things. Looks like I'll be getting a tile before too long. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so this reminds me of a conversation that I had with, um, I, won't, I won't name them because uh, I don't want to shame anybody for what they know or don't know, but um, they were really concerned about all of these. Uh, well, I'll say that there was some political motivation here. It's just these liberal tech companies tracking them because they were trying to manipulate them, right? So it's it, this <laughs> little bit of a mix of Facebook's Sorry. being manipulated by bot farms it. politically, and it's the liberal tech companies, which again is just sort of clickbait title. I think being drugged. Like there, there's a lot to unpack in this conversation, but one of one of the things they were doing in response to this was not update iOS. So they stopped updating their phone because they felt like the updates oh. were associated with Apple, this big liberal tech company, like doing bad things. And I was like, no, no, no. Okay. Don't do that, stop. people. Let's, That's bad. Let's, just, let's just take a step back real quick. Apple, their updates are not just to track you. Like they may be making changes to how they're collecting data. That's going to happen. But the only way to stop Apple from collecting your data is to stop using Apple devices. So if you want to completely That's unplug correct. from the internet, then okay, you can you can stop any company from doing this. But 
iOS is security updates is a security month. thing for you. <laughs> Always update. Like I, I, this is the course of the conversation. I basically said that I was like, the the iOS updates are like the only thing you can do on your phone that are going to make it less likely that your personal information is going to be you know weaponized against you. So if you do nothing else, please, please, please update your OS. <laughs> Also, maybe a PSA for the Android side of things. There's, there's not all manufacturers are created equal, and some of them just do a true. horrible job at this. Uh, the t- you know, you're gonna be if you're gonna get an Android device, get either a Samsung device or get a Google Pixel device. More often than not, you're gonna be much better off with them from a monthly security patch update. You know, yeah. you'll get the other operating system updates. Operating system updates as as a whole for like features in Android are not. They're not, they just, they take a very different approach than, sure. than Apple does. They don't matter as much, but the monthly security updates are hugely critical. So you want to find, a, uh, you know, someone who does well at that. So you're looking at Google, you're looking at Samsung, you, you may have a few others, but like those two are guaranteed to have monthly security updates for three or four years and you'll be good to go. So just not just an iOS thing, but like it's true of Android as well. And you need, you need to be selective about your manufacturer. So yeah, PSA for sure. For the people out there yeah. In the world. That's a good PSA. And a good way to put a button on this show. So that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. 